I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome and welcome and welcome in episode 163 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz, some say. You can catch me over on Twitter at FFEvanLution, like Revolution, but with my name Evan, EvanLution. Follow me there if you wish. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. Many ways to get in touch, get involved, let me know what you love, what you hate, what you want to hear more of on the show. Guys, we are here marching along Talking Prospects. It is an exciting time of year. And I'm excited because not only we get to talk prospects, we get to talk prospects today with one of my favorite dudes in the industry, the guy who literally, I'm not being hyperbolic here, gave me my start in content creation. He is like the much more successful, much better looking younger brother that I never had. Um, but yes, it is the one and only, the one and only Mr. Garrett Price at Dynasty Price on Twitter, co-host of the Dynasty Nerds podcast. If you don't know him, you must have been living under a rock in a very non-Dynasty related space for the last couple of years. But Garrett, thank you so much for taking time to come back on, buddy. How the heck are you, man? I'm doing good. That was uh, that was a very flattering intro. So I, I appreciate that. You know, sometimes people introduce you and, you know, you're ready to go. And then other times, you know, you like took my breath away a little bit there. So, you know, I appreciate it. Hey, man, nothing but truth. I just, I call him like I see him, you know, that's what, that's what I do. Uh, straight shooter. So yeah, no, I, absolutely not going to go way into it, but I always mention it every time you're, you're kind enough to come on the show. Garrett literally is the guy who um, kind of gave me the push, but also gave me the opportunity to start actually creating content and not just make this a passion and a hobby, but actually something that, you know, going out there, putting work, you know, be it articles with dynasty nerds or rankings with dynasty nerds, or now a podcast for last year and a half or so and he's been on a couple of times as any of you who know have listened to dynasty nerds he um has that silky smooth tones he knows what he's talking about he's one of the nicest guys genuinely one of the nicest guys in the entire fantasy space i've never seen him say anything rude or cheeky or mean to anybody even when people are being ignorant and arrogant so love that about him he is a man of a man of few words but a man of good words and i'm excited to have him back so we're going to dive into the running back room we're still talking running backs we've hit some of the running backs there with jeff if you haven't caught those jeff bell go back and check those out they're definitely worth checking up but we're gonna be um just for you if you've just tapped in because you know you Garrett Price is here. Why wouldn't you tap in? Um, just to give you a little bit of a, an update, what we're doing is rather than bigger episodes with like 400 names of guys that you may not even have heard of, we're going to do these smaller little episodes. So 20, 25 minute episodes of just two prospects at a time, give you some, just some time to think about, digest what's been said. Uh, maybe pick your, you know, pick your own brain, sort of think, why did I think that? Why do I like them? Why do I not like them? Whilst I'm on the subject, before I get carried away, get your eyes on some of these prospects yourself. The Dynasty Nerds Film Room, great place to start that. You can absolutely go in there. That's where I do a lot of my film study. Um, I have other places as well. But man, there's so much great stuff in the Dynasty Nerds Film Room. And it really is 
if you love dynasty fantasy football, it is really worth getting involved because it's not just the film room that you get. You get rankings, um, you get articles, you get subscriptions to the nerd herd extra special episode every week. I mean, you get a lot of bang for your buck. Plus, if you use code FF Evolution, you can get a little fifteen percent off. Just saying, you know, I'm sure Garrett's got his own code there that uh, you can you can use as well. That, like I said, just wanted to go down that rabbit hole real quick. But we're gonna talk some running backs. Something is wrong with you. I got a fever. Adam himself could not resist the temptation of rookie fever. We're going to talk, first and foremost, a guy that I'm excited to talk about. Hopefully, Garrett's excited to talk about. He doesn't break my heart here. It is Mr. Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama, 20 years old. He was a junior, so he's an early declare. He was a former four-star recruit. He comes in at 5'11", 200 pounds, so decent size for a running back. A couple of quick little fun facts um, or things you may not know or you may know. He finished second in Crimson Tide single season history for receptions by a running back with 44 receptions. The reason I point that out, we talked about this with Jeff. Um, Receptions, I mean, receptions are moneymaker for fantasy football, man. When you get a running back who's catching balls, that is absolutely what you love to see. So the fact that he set a record, you know, second all time for Alabama single season. That's pretty cool. He did transfer from Georgia Tech. I'll let um, I'll let Garrett talk a little bit about that. I'm sure it's probably just to get himself on that biggest stage possible, but I'll see if Garrett has any insights on that. And last year, just to wrap up here with the stats, facts, and figures before we get some insight, uh, he did play in 12 games for the Crimson Tide. He had 151 rush attempts, 926 yards, 6.1 yards per carry, and seven touchdowns. And as we mentioned, 44 receptions for, get get this, 444 yards, all fours, 10.1 yards per reception and three touchdowns. So that's kind of the facts and figures, the the bird's eye view of Mr. Gibbs. But I'm going to throw it to my man, Garrett, here. And what are your thoughts on Jameer Gibbs? How much do you love him? And what what are your things you like about his game, et cetera? Yeah, Gibbs is a really talented prospect, uh, a guy that I do do really like his game. One of the things that I do every year, uh, and it's it's combined with my, my boy Jared Wackerly, but we put together uh, what we call nerd scores, and basically it's just the combination of his tape grades and my tape grades, put those together, come to an average. Uh, but my personal tape scores, my nerd scores on him right now, uh, I have him as the second best back in the class uh, behind Bijan Robinson. That's not breaking news. I think that's pretty consensus. Most people have him, uh, whether it's in the same tier or you know his own tier or something like that. They they have him as one of the top backs uh, in the class. So not doing anything earth shattering there with that news. But uh, where Gibbs really does excel, you're right, the receiving game. He's fantastic in the receiving game. We're talking about somebody that is very fast, very quick. He's not going to be the guy that's going to get 15 to 20 carries between the tackles every game. That's not his style of play. Think of more of the Jamal Charles style. Um, That's a guy that I kind of see a lot of similarities in their game. Yes, can he do things between tackles? Absolutely he can. Um, He utilizes that speed very well, that burst very well can make some guys miss, uh, but he's not going to be trucking people, running people over. But with that 5'11 height, there is more room to add some weight. So that's one of the things that I am curious to see what happens when he gets in an NFL locker room. If if he can put on another 10, 15 pounds, then he would be able to be a little bit more of a force between those tackles, kind of like we saw some other guys that came in as more of, you know, 
quote unquote receiving backs, but ended up developing more over time like Christian McCaffrey and different players like that. So uh, really, really do like his game. Uh, right now, he is in his own tier for me. So I, I do have it. Bijan is kind of clearing away the the number one back in the class. I have him. He's the first running back in my nerd score to eclipse the 80 threshold. Uh, I haven't had any backs do that yet. He did that fairly easily. Uh, but right now, all time, we're looking at Gibbs roughly an all time. This is my fourth year doing this. So it's not like I'm going back to 1990 or anything like that. But so far, were you even born then? That 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 is the year I was born, actually. 1990. <laughs> yeah, he's, he just came out straight away grading. Grading he was like, prospects. Hold on. Give me the pencil and pad. I need to grade some of these prospects. That's right. What is this broadcast? You give me the all 22, baby. So yeah, uh, but he would rank right now uh, real close between fifth and sixth all time uh, between the past four classes. So real solid score, real solid prospect. I like him quite a bit. Wow. That is, that is good to hear. I mean, one thing I always love about Garrett is that me and him always agree. It seems like on running backs. So I think for the last couple of years here, we had Javon Bay as RB one in the class. We fought the good fight. Everyone else was Najee RB one. Um, last year, I think we kind of agreed quite easily, but to be fair, a lot of people agreed Brees Hall. Yeah. And then it seems like we're in lockstep again here. Bijan's definitely my number one. He's in his own tier. And then Jameer Gibbs for me is again in his own tier is <laughs> like, he's the yeah. RB one. And then the RB two. And then there's a bunch of other guys that are interesting and I'm certainly intrigued by but uh yeah i love gibbs i actually call him happy feet i think he's he's really funny because he reminds me like when he runs he's like constantly doing up downs or something he's just like kicking his knees up really high and like moving his feet really fast and he's like all shifty and everything it's really funny it reminds me of that uh cartoon where the penguin gets excited and starts dancing around or anything so i call him happy feet yeah i love everything you said i totally agree with it i like i pointed out as well in the episodes we were talking about with jeff you know something you like to see is how rounded of a back are they? How many areas of the uh, game can they contribute to? He does return work. So, I mean, again, just something else that he does and he does really well. So I don't see a lot of ways for him to quote unquote bust. You know what I mean? Like I just don't see a lot of areas where, I mean, he can contribute in the return game. He is great at, uh, so he's great at special teams. He's great at catching the ball, receiving. So even if he just comes in, I mean, which I don't think he will, but even if he just came in as like a third down back and doing return work, he's going to be on the field pretty straight away, I would imagine. And then really from there, like you said, the sky's the limit as far as, you know, what other backs are there in the la- in the team that he lands in. You know, can he overtake the backfield and get actually more of that, especially going into maybe his second year once he's put on a bit of weight, been in an NFL training room, things like that. But yeah, I mean, I absolutely love everything you said. I, I wrote down literally more of evasive than powerful you know like that's not his style he's not this like knock you down punch you in the mouth kind of running back he's just gonna like break your ankles and like <laughs> make you miss and you're gonna be trying to catch air um where you thought he was so absolutely love that i'm all about looking for those traitsy backs or just traitsy players in general what traits can you hang your hat on this guy's speed his evasiveness his pass catching they're all brilliant i mean so i i would take it then i i, I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth garrett but in a one qb league you're looking at a very very early first round pick um sort of one two to one five somewhere in there that you're going to be taking him with Pro- probably one two yep perfect yeah i know exactly where i would sort of say um i guess just to tie a bow on it is there anybody is there any way that you know because things happen curveballs happen every year we get excited about players things happen and they should they surprise us or shock us is there anywhere he could land or any sort of situation that he could tumble into in the draft that would cool you off on him a little bit or are you pretty happy with what you've seen you believe in the talent enough that he's kind of locked into that 102 103 spot for you 
I mean, something could always happen, but it would have to be a, a very shocking thing where he falls to like the third round. And we're like, what? We thought he was going to be first, if not early second round. Why is he falling to the third round? And that would that would make me go back to the tape and, and rewatch some things and be like, OK, what did I miss here? Because I didn't see that coming. But outside of that um, or outside of just being stuck behind an incredible running back, which if you're using a pick that high, you chances are you're not going to do that. Uh, so I would say he's pretty safely locked into that that RB2 spot. Yeah, absolutely. I sort of feel like I said about, we talked about Bijan Robinson a little bit, you know, and, and one of the players that we talked about, me and Jeff, and I sort of said, I feel almost silly like talking about him because like, why, why are we wasting everyone's time here? We all know where this is going. Right. I sort of feel like that with Gibbs. It's like, I really don't see any other back that I feel like could eclipse him as the RB2 in this class for me personally. So yeah. let's not waste too much more time on it. He's awesome. If you get a chance, definitely draft him. Uh, I think that's safe to say. Man, he is a dog. We're going to I'm gonna move on here um, for the second part of this episode. I'm going to talk about a player that I feel like is a lot more polarizing. So Jameer Gibbs is pretty straightforward. So I give him a nice little softball there for Garrett. You know, yeah, get him, warm get him warm, warmed up, warmed up in the bullpen. Now we're going to hit him with the hard ones. So let's see where he comes down on Mr. Sean Tucker. So Sean Tucker, he is a player out of Syracuse. He's 21 years old. He is a junior as well. He was a three-star recruit, uh, 5'10", 210 pounds, so a decent build. Again, you love to see, I mentioned it with you know the episodes with Jeff there, but in case you hadn't heard, we kind of refer a lot of times to weight with running backs when we talk about like the 200-pound threshold. It's not just an arbitrary number that we've all agreed upon. It is just sort of historically, if you look at a lot of the running backs that have had success in the NFL, um, really they tend to be 200 pounds and over because it's a lot of a lot of damage you're taking, a lot of hits, a lot of um, a lot of heavy lifting that you're doing in the NFL. So if you're under 200 pounds, really hard to successfully, you know, just navigate those uh, 400 pound dudes that are just like jumping on your back all the time. Uh, a couple of quick facts then about Sean. He did break Syracuse's single season rushing record, 1,496 yards in 2021. Bear that in mind. The first player in Syracuse history with back-to-back 1,000 rushing and 250 uh, receiving yards. So that's really positive. He was a two-way player in high school and a member of the track team. I just point that out again because this whole series for me, just the way I attack, you know, offseason, the rookie drafts, getting ready, draft prep is about contextualizing. It's about getting as much information as possible, digesting that and trying to come to a, you know, conclusion at the end of it. So you want to know, like, what is this player's background? Um, um, why did they really perform one year and not the next? Was there injuries? Was there a change of scheme? Uh, and the more information that you can have, the better, because there's certain elements of all these players that you could look at. And if you chose to just look at one stat or one fact or one game right. tape, you would be like, this guy is a first round pick and he's probably three first. So that's what you want for this guy. But you just want to get as much information as possible. Try and really get a good uh, view on this player. So in uh, 2022, the thing was he had a little bit more of a disappointing season. So 2021 was awesome awesome broke the single season record 2022 not as exciting um not as good i'll leave it to garrett here to kind of explain his thoughts and opinions as to why that was but he played in 12 games he did have 206 rush attempts he did break a thousand yards so 1060 yards 5.1 yards per carry 11 touchdowns and 
very, very importantly for us in fantasy, he tagged in 36 receptions, 254 yards, 7.1 yards per reception with two touchdowns. So he averaged about one yard per carry less than he did in 2021. He gained about four or five, almost 500 yards less. Um, so he was less prolific. Um, he had about 40, 50 less carries. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on, I, I think this guy's quite a polarizing character at the minute. I think some people are really high on him. Other people just couldn't be less interested in him. But what are your thoughts on um, Sean Tucker here, Garrett? <sighs> Sean Tucker's tough for me because I was a really big Sean Tucker fan coming into the season. Um, now, this is with limited tape watching. I, I don't watch a ton of tape when they haven't declared yet. Once they start declaring, then I watch a lot more tape. Uh, he was a guy that playing Debbie. You know, I, I was familiar with him from Debbie circles and how well that he had he had performed. And so coming into the year, I actually had him as my running back three in the class. So I was I was all aboard the the Sean Tucker train. Well, I spent some more time digging into his tape this week and I watched some 2022. I also watched some 2021 to try to get context of both years to see, you know, what I what I saw. And overall, I came away pretty disappointed. I'm not going to lie, uh, which was a bummer because I, I really I wanted to like him. I did. I really wanted to like him as a player. Uh, and it kind of felt similar to how it was with Isaiah Spiller last year. You know, I came in excited about the prospect. But when I really dug into the tape, I didn't see it. Uh, similar to Gibbs in the sense of uh, more of a guy that's going to try to outrun you, uh, make you miss. He's even though he's got better size than Gibbs does as far as weight goes, he doesn't utilize it hardly at all. Um, we, we don't see a lot of power in his game. Not a guy that's going to lower the shoulder um, to get the the difficult yards near the goal line, things like that. Like that's not his that's not his forte, really. Uh, so he, he can do some things in the in the receiving game. I do think he is still a valuable asset at the next level. Uh, but right now, I'm thinking that he's going to go very late on day two. But I'm actually thinking he might fall to day three at this point from what I'm seeing on tape. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what the NFL draft says. Sometimes they agree with us and sometimes they're they're seeing something else and, and they don't. So we'll have to see what happens with that. But overall, it was a prospect that just even with like I think he had solid vision and he had good patience, but he was constantly wanting to like bounce everything out. He always wanted to bounce. Uh, he he wasn't great about just trying to get the difficult yards straight line, utilize that speed. Uh, I think his acceleration because for a guy on the track team, I don't think his top end speed was anything special. Uh, I think his acceleration was really good, and I think that was probably what we're, we're seeing, but I was surprised that for a guy on the track team, we didn't, we, I saw him get caught from behind more often than I would have expected for somebody like that. So I, I wanted to like Tucker, but it just didn't do it for me. Oh, that is, that is heartbreaking. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's weird because I I'm, similar to you, like not as, you know, probably far as advanced as you, but I don't really f like play Debbie and all that sort of stuff. I don't have time for that, you know, cause I'm so busy with work and family and then doing yeah. all the, you know, content for your normal dynasty stuff. So for me, I come to these guys with like a fresh set of eyes. Like I've never like, 
until this offseason, I'd never watched Sean Tucker play football ever. You know what I mean? I, I'd heard the name randomly, but I'd heard a lot of people really excited about him. So I think I went in expecting one thing. And then when I watched it, I was actually really disappointed. <laughs> so I was like, I give him like probably too low of a score because I actually went back and rewatched a couple of things. I was like, okay, maybe I'm a little bit too harsh here. And I go up him up a little bit. Sure. But I totally get what you're saying. I mean, it's sort of like the, I actually wrote down, see if you agree with me here. I wrote down, you know, you see flashes of good vision or excellent playmaking, but it's not consistent. Sure. That's my concern is like you see it and there's certain plays and you're like, whoa, this guy, he's got the stuff, you know, like yep. he can totally bounce out on the outside and just hit the jets. And this is awesome. I'm excited to see this. But yeah, for me, it was like he was catching dump offs and screens, which is fine. If you're getting dumps off and dump offs and screens, that's absolutely brilliant. But you see that in the quite low yards per reception, isn't it? It's like five or six yards per reception. Um, he's getting a lot of just like he's the safety valve. He's not running routes and being like this Correct. nuanced, like, you know, guy who's like, oh, man, he could be a slot receiver. He's so good. <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Right. He's just catching that's dump offs. Which is fine. He plays hard, but not a lot of nuance to his game is something I wrote down. Like he does play hard. You see the um, kind of like him putting in the effort, which is great. But I felt like a lot of times he would just like take the full brunt of hits and it really slowed him down and he would boo and he would just like slow his momentum. And whereas like there's backs like a chain and Gibbs that you see them just, they're able to make those micro movements and, and shed those, the weight of the tackles and the weight of the, um, you know, impact and really keep momentum, keep momentum, keep going and stuff. And it felt like he would like run, boof, hit somebody, slow down, run. Yeah. Boof, hit and it was kind of like so frustrating. So I agree with you in that, I think there's something there. And if he lands in the right place with the right coaching staff and they see what that is and they can get that out of him, he could be really valuable. Um, but at the same time, he's certainly now not somebody that I'm like, must have, you know, and, you know, I'm not going to write my little uh, Sean Tucker, no matter what card sure, down at the sure. rookie draft. Um, having said all that, though, I mean, right now, obviously, we haven't we don't as of the as of this recording, we don't have the combine numbers yet. We don't know landing spot draft capital. A lot can change. But if you were doing a rookie draft this week and it's a one QB rookie draft, where kind of roughly ballpark would you be comfortable taking a swing on Sean Tucker with what you've seen? You said one QB? Yeah, just in a one QB. Okay. So let's assume we're not taking four quarterbacks in the first round, right. you know, maybe only one quarterback or something like that goes. So just because I think with Superflex, it's easier because you can kind of like take four or five quarterbacks in the first round and then everybody's a, a second round pick or something. Sure, you know? sure. Yeah, no. Uh, for me right now in, in one quarterback, he would probably he's probably early second round um, is probably where I would would be looking for him. I think that there are some things and there are some traits to work with, but there's there's not enough refinement to his game. Uh, there's not enough. There's not a, a large enough tool set. There's specific traits that are good but the overall tool set is not as good as I would like it to be. So um, if the right staff can get with him, work with him, like I think that there is some areas, there's some size, he has decent size. There's some, some ways that he could improve. So I, he's not like dead in the water to me, but at the same time, it's, it's really tough to draft a guy and be like, Oh yeah, he's going to get a lot better. Like, that's really tough to count on. Yeah. I, yeah, I'd love that. I, I'm looking at my grades right now and I have basically a mid second round grade on him, like for a rookie draft, you know, not mm -hmm. for the NFL draft yeah. for a rookie draft. I'm sort of like, yeah, in the mid second round, I'm, I'm probably happy taking a shot on him because like you said, and this is what I've been harping on about. I'll be harping on about all off season is like, you want to look for, in my opinion, um, there's, there's the obvious, there's the sure things, there's the Bijans and the Jameer Gibbs and like, yeah, you know, I want this guy because he's just going to be awesome. I don't see any 
way, he can't be awesome. But if you get past that level, you want to look for those like traits. You want to look for guys with traits. And he does have some traits that you're like, hey, I can see a world mm-hmm. where he becomes really fantasy relevant. I can see a world where he is getting those 40 or 50 receptions, getting those dump offs and utilizing his speed. And there's a solid coaching staff around him, stuff like that. So that's sort of, I, I think we're probably on the same sort of page here, which again, makes me very happy. There you have it, folks. Another episode of The Usual Prospects in the bag. Hopefully you enjoyed that. I know I did. Stick with us. Going to be back again this week with more Garrett Price, more prospects. It's going to be a good time. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver ran. It's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, because I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said and listen to me. What you really want to do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate.